Shelly, good morning. How you doing good on this morning. late September week? I know. Fall has fallen. And yeah, it really I'm good. is. How are you? I'm great. I'm wonderful. You know, it's just a beautiful day. 50 degrees this morning, kind of coming down the mountain. Really love this time of year. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, celebrate and be grateful for. There is, and I think that that's related by coincidence or not to today's episode, which is focused on visualization. One of my favorite topics. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, I think it's really underutilized for how powerful it is. And I have become a daydream believer, shall we say, in this. Um, So, But today, it's more than just belief. We're putting on our critical thinking hats. And we're going to consider how visualization, stay with us, folks, plays into the law of attraction. That's right. This law... That, you know, what we focus on, we attract. It's definitely had some very twisted iterations, I guess you could say, over the past several years, maybe always. It can easily be misunderstood. So we're going to explore what it really means and how it can be harnessed and why, Shelley, I think it truly is powerful when applied with And we're going to underscore this, some discipline. Yeah. Yeah. And it is true. What we focus on, we attract. So what we, what we focus on or what we're interested in, we tend to bring that experience into our lives. And so this Mm. is, there's a lot um, of misunderstandings around the law of attraction as something that's kind of far-fetched, a little woo-woo. Uh, And there's actually some really interesting neuroscience to back up a lot of this law. Um, So we're really, today, we want to talk about visualization, um, how that fits into this process of um, creating or seeing or making into reality what it is you really want. And it's something that you and I have both been using really for um, years, I think, in in pretty undisciplined ways um, Mm -hmm. that are much more intentional about it in the last few years. And so we'll dive into it. Well, and I I like exactly what you're saying there because it's, yeah, we can do a little visualization here and there sometimes almost in spite of what we're, you know, we just like happen to be visualizing. And I think actually it, it can have some interesting results. I, in general, with visualization, am thinking of the, for me, the focus is more on mind training. Uh, And I am serious. It is, it can produce some really powerful results. And I can, you know, share a quick story, which I think has to do with visualization and mind training. And that's when I was, I was first co-hosting a podcast show um, and we had already been doing it for about a year And the show was doing really well, but it was on a subject that I didn't know much about. And I was learning, you know, it was like drinking from a fire hose. Uh, And it was it was on all things supply chain and logistics in the industry and all the tech and in that news. And, uh, you know, when I was really prepared, I could cut through the anxiety. It also helped that we um, were drinking a couple of beers on the show um, to begin the podcast. And we were doing so well that Sirius XM, 
you know, offered us a spot in their rotation. And I was asked if I wanted to do the radio show too. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but yes. <laughs> and, uh, and so as it turned out, very long story short, we were going to do this very first episode in not in the comfort of our own studio, like we're here in downtown Chattanooga right now, but in the actual Sirius XM studios in downtown Manhattan on Rockefeller Plaza. Sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a dream come true. I sure thought it sounded really, really fun. And it was um it was intoxicating, I guess you get my my head was swimming. But um Makes me you know, like nervous just hearing you talk about Really? It. Yeah. Well, that I felt a lot of anxiety. And I remember like as the show would be starting, this like thing of like you're about to be called called on in class when right. you don't really know the answer type of feeling where you would let your stomach would kind of sink and you'd be like, Really? They're calling on me right now. And you'd get kind of nervous. It was that. And the the pr- producer was going like one minute to show time. And I was my palms were sweating. And then he was like 10 seconds, you know? And, and anyway, so I was supposed to be this fun, loving, easygoing, high energy host. And sure enough, um, you know, the recording would start and the very nervousness and quavering in my voice that I was afraid, you know, I would sound like began to, and that made me more nervous. I am cutting to the chase here on the story though. So the, the, the good news is I guess I survived enough to advance and we, we can, you know, about eight or nine, Nine shows in though, no matter where we were broadcasting from, I kept getting these like super big anxiety. And the more I thought about the anxiety, it was like this thing that it kept just like, it would almost like manifest itself. Mm. I also get this actually when I'm in kind of large groups and maybe in a class or something, I'm not, and I feel like we've got to introduce ourselves and I just start getting super self-conscious. And here is what I've been practicing. And like, I can attest to the power of visualization this way. I have now been practicing literally imagining myself and envisioning myself say I was, I began starting the broadcast and I would just imagine being calm doing it. Mm -hmm. And it was just a, a five or 10 minute meditation visualizing me being calm and it immediately had results and I was never nervous again. Yeah, when I, would I remember op- when you told me about this. It was crazy. Yeah. How much it worked. And, and I how all, surprised you were that yeah. it worked so quickly and, and effectively. Like I did, and I didn't even have to keep practicing the visualization after that. It was just like, why were you nervous and anxious in the first place? And, and when I get like that before um, courses or sometimes when I'm, you know, I'm going to speak and I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it really helps. Yeah. So, so this is the question uh, for our audience today as we're setting this up a little bit is how do you get from where you are right now to where mm-hmm. you want to be? Yeah. And to accomplish this, you have to know two things. It might sound basic, but let's just cut to the chase. Whatever you're doing right now, where are you? And where do you want to get to? Mm -hmm. And so this can be a really useful episode for you to the vision you set for yourself is nothing more than a detailed sensory filled description 
of where you want to get to. Mm -hmm. I have um, also a quick story of what this looked like for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I think mine was a little less kind of embodied, like as you just described your experience. Um, Mine was really what you're saying. Like in 2010, I remember being a very, I felt very like, caged in psychotherapist. Um, I felt like I wanted to be doing more in my life, living with a little bit more intention. I wanted more money. Um, like I really looked at, at our, my finances and how much I was actually bringing in like net revenue after all of the things I had to pay out as a therapist. And it was, it was embarrassingly low. Right. <clears throat> and I remember coming home one night and I was like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep working this hard on behalf of the well-being of others and sacrificing my own. So, and that in 2010, I started really getting intentional about where do I want to be? Where do I want to be professionally in my career? The impact I want to make? What kind of money do I want to make? Yeah. Um, And I remember my head coming up with 10K a month. That was my goal. Like I was like, that's what I want. I want to be bringing in. And, um, through the course of the next, I don't know, nine months, six to nine months, so many different things in my life lined up. It was amazing. And and I want to add to it that 10 K sounded like an astronomical amount of money to at the time. Yes. Because I mean, not only were you, we were both working really hard, but I was commuting 40 minutes each way to a teaching job that was also paying really quite low. Not great. Yeah. Yeah. And so that intention was out there. And I remember doing, I don't know, not formal visualization. Like I didn't really kind of sit down and do the 10 minutes things that that you're talking about. But I remember like that number was in my head. Right. And I was very um, activated around it. I remember you talking about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward six months later and all these different things happened in my life that, um, I met, you know, I met someone who offered me a job, brought me into the organization, uh, to begin working with his company and the starting salary was 10 K a month. It was crazy. I couldn't, I kind of just, we were just pinching ourselves. And I, and, and of course he didn't know that, um, but that was kind of the intention that I had set, um, you know, six, nine months later earlier. Um, and it wasn't woo woo. It's like to me, it wasn't. It was something that I just had kind of the, the thought in my mind. And so my brain, what I've since learned about visualization, right? My brain, my mind, and my behaviors started to go to work on my behalf. It's been a it's been a heck of a decade, yeah. <laughs> a little plus since since that moment. I have to admit that. In spite of that little piece of evidence, I still thought it was a coincidence. I was not buying into the woo-woo because I remember The Secret was coming out around Mm -hmm. then. And, oh, man, I just thought that some of that stuff was like the particles in the universe start like when you... Yeah, and there is, I mean, there's a lot of, I think, mystified parts of that whole theory and law. And um, I think... The, the what I see the detriment that's been done mm-hmm. around the law of attraction is this this idea that you just visualize it and then it's kind of done poof poof it's magic <laughs> and that's of course not yeah. not the the full extent of 
this process, which we'll get into. That's a little right. Bit here. We're putting our critical thinking hats on uh, on this episode, and so I do want you for you know to think about all different aspects of your life in the in this as as you as you think about this very concept with us here and entertain the idea of visualization if that's where you're at then think about the different areas in your life where you might be in a certain place and you might want to be somewhere else and like take it can be work and career or th- and I'm just going to let's just start with one. Now, eventually, with a little training and thinking about this, you might want to come up with multiple, but let's start with one in one area of your life. It could be work, finances, it could be, you, you know, health, r- fitness. Yes. Recreation, yeah. free time, um, relationships. It could, you know, be some kind of personal goal, or it, you know, even if you're in a place where you're just thinking about making uh, maybe a contribution to the larger community of the world. If you're in that place, whatever it is, visualize. So that is for the purpose of this podcast today. Just start with one. So what comes top of mind? Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say this because yeah. when, when I've worked in on coaching and also therapy years ago, yeah, where I would work the so many people and what they would come up, they're like, I don't know. Oh, I don't know what I want. Like I don't even, and, okay. and my response to that is just guess, <laughs> just guess, take a guess, just, uh-huh. just take a guess, pick something that you think is kind of close <laughs> and then let that be your stake in the ground. Let that be the thing the vision yes. uh, that gets you closer to what it is you do actually want. You but know, you kind of have to start somewhere. I am so glad you pointed that out. You know, um, we're going to do an episode coming up in a few weeks um, on the enemies of learning, the things that get in the way of us just being lifelong learners. And one of the ones that I've come up with, I th- right now I've got 19. Oh, 19. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 19 enemies of learning. But one That'll of them make a little long podcast. One of them is uh that we daring to dream, not allowing yourself to dream can be an enemy of learning. And I think a lot of us when it comes to visualization is we don't allow ourselves permission mm-hmm. to even visualize a better outcome or possibility. And so maybe right yeah. now an obstacle in in some in some people's thinking is, oh, I could visualize all day long, but I mean, really, I don't even, Well, and I, it's disruptive. Perhaps. I believe that people do know, they do know what Ooh, they deeply right. desire. They just can't, they haven't learned how to filter out okay. or filter through maybe what they want versus what are all the external outside forces and voices that have conditioned them okay. to conformity. And so if with a little bit of space, a little solitude, some mm-hmm. silence, and then just guessing, just picking something that is a an interesting place to start, that can at least get you, get the ball rolling a little bit. That's great stuff. And you know, let's use like, so this is about two things. It is about visualizing and we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail about, well, what are you visualizing? But it's also simultaneously about mental discipline, mind training, however you want to put it. Mm -hmm. So it's those two things to keep in, in our head at the same time. Athletes, I'm coming to learn more and more about, are using this 
all the time um, in sports and individuals. And if you think about it, I don't know if it was the pandemic or if this was already well on its way, but people began like associating like, you know, it's not just physical health, there's mental health that goes into performance. And after all, I don't know if you want to say it's the heart or the brain, but I'm going to say the brain is the most important muscle of all. And we really don't think about training it, Yeah. but it too needs training. And so let's think about that. Let's think about training our brain. Who's in charge? Sometimes, you know, like, okay, I don't know. Do you ever have like a dream where you are not able to stop the very fear that you're fearing from happening? Just, yeah. Just thinking about it can create the fear. Yes. And I uh, feel like that. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, that's yeah. I'm agreeing. Well, I was going to say to me, that is the very example of like our ego fear, like dictating the terms of our reality. And I think that with some brain training, we can mm-hmm. we can be like, hey, I'm in charge brain, not my fear and anxiety that's just kind of working in the yeah, background. So the way that I think about this is um, I, when I coach people around this, mm-hmm. um, it does start with visualization because you kind of have to know where are you going? What's the intention? Yeah. But it's it's hard to shift. It's hard to change those habits. It's hard. It's where it's easy to default into the ways we've always thought or the ways that we've always expected things to go. And I think that's lazy. Okay. I think that if you just continue to live in this fear and these habits, you are not putting in mental reps. You're not. You're not putting going to the gym to use our metaphor, yeah, with your brain and right. your mind and your thoughts because um, I agree, it's lazy. We are not taught to train our brains and this yes. is part of that work. Um, and then I found, find too that when you do start doing it, you start putting in the reps of mental conditioning, mental strengthening, mm-hmm. it actually happens pretty quickly. Like the, the, the habits start to shift pretty quickly. I hear you. And, and the behaviors start to shift pretty quickly. But you do have to do some, build some mental toughness. In a way, it's because it's exciting to begin to see that this it's actually works. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So a couple of weeks ago, I was, you know, thinking of like football uh, examples. I was watching the um, New York Giants beat the Tennessee Titans. Much to my dismay. Oh, yeah, that was a great game. (laughs) You weren't watching. (laughs) We know that. Um, But anyway, Saquon Barkley, this phenomenal athlete from Pennsylvania, University of Penn Penn State, rather. He uh, Get it straight. Thanks. You know, he was like having some, some series where he was getting like tackled behind the line of scrimmage. And then he was bursting through for like some really huge chunks of yardage. And they were talking about how he has been going through mental and emotional mapping, I believe is what it said, Mm -hmm. to reset because it's a brutal competitive sport. There are going to be these moments where you have setbacks and where the emotions of the crowd and everything is just, it seems so terrible and awful. And you have to like, they were saying they are going 
going to a place where they have like a happy memory so they can emotionally reset on the spot I love that. and the very next play be ready to, you know, like again, maybe take a few hits, but this time potentially burst through and have a huge play. It's like a, it's like a cleansing a moment of just kind of almost I've been, you know, watching our dog lately and watching <laughs> when he's really stressed yeah. and anxious. Yeah. He like rapidly shakes. You know, it's like he just like <laughs> fle- freaks out and shakes his yeah. whole body. And that's what I it's think. It's very of. embodied. Like this, yes. this emotional, mental kind of shaking off Whoa. that has to happen when you're in these I mean, high stress. Hello. Yeah. Is a I don't know. Is he a linebacker? What is no, he? No, he's a running, running back. back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop. Um, just while you're ahead, sort of. Um, but also, you know, we've heard actually the very, very first time I ever in the sports arena heard about the practice of visualization. I mean, it's not as if this is brand new, right? So I guess it was around 1968-ish when Billie Jean King uh, took on Bobby Riggs and that what they called the battle of the sexes and, and she I, I think she won right she won she so, did so a woman women <laughs> won, win. Go women that's right <laughs> she beat uh bobby riggs was at one time yeah, she did at one time, he was the world, the men's world number one. And she was, you know, I mean, she was carrying the weight of the women's world on her shoulders, a lot of pressure there. And anyway, she has long since talked about how she visualized herself beating him. She would visualize herself, you know, hitting backhand winners, forehand winners, and especially, you know, in that moment where t- the pressure must be just so enormous when you're like trying to close out a set, close out a match. Everything's quiet. All of the spotlight and focus is on you. And all you have to do is hit a really good first first serve, right? That's all you have to do. No pressure. So visualizing, I would think, would make a huge uh, help in that. You hear about it also in golf. I also remember hearing um, and t- going back to team sports, the late great Kobe Bryant would do the same thing when it mm-hmm. came to hitting a game winning shot. Pretty much every mm-hmm. major kind of high profile athlete who's at the top of their career. I, I, I've heard, I mean, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like, I have too. I, like golfers. I remember hearing, watching my dad uh, watch golf and like learning that how much they visualize the okay. golf swing. There you go. So it really is kind of a thing in professional it sports. It is. And now we could easily say, oh, well, that's just those gladiators at the top of their profession. The mo- not so. No, all the more reason to like get in where real life here, right? So visualization as a reminder, it's powerful, but it's also a bit of a training. There's a little bit of discipline here when it comes down to it. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about how it's um, about training. Yeah, I can. I, I want to yeah. say this too because visualization it is. It's like a two-step process is the way I think of it. It's, it is um, eliciting an image. So it actually does, when you begin to visualize in your mind, it does activate kind of uh, like the, the visualization centers of your brain. And so your brain starts to believe that what it's visualizing is actually 
happening. Yes. And so there is, there's something going on in our brain um, when we rehearse that creates this kind of sense of reality for us. Absolutely. And then We're getting and I, to that. I think why it's so powerful in sports mm-hmm. um, and, and I think other kind of um, ballet um, dancers I know do this. So anything that's embodied, there is this, once you visualize it and then you begin to do it, you act, you behave. Yeah. That's where kind of the practicing, the rehearsing, the, um, the movement, kind of this embodied way that you now kind of bring the energy of your visualization into real life. So that practicing is essential as a part of this process. Yeah. And then you go back into visualizing, visualiz- visualizing, yeah. um, like the tweaks, the edits, the little things you want to change, hmm. the, how you want to come, come to something differently. Um, and then you go back into the body and you practice and you rehearse. And so it's that kind of two-step fo- yes. process okay. that really gets people to the top the very top of their game or whatever that game and, is. And, it, and, and if you might have very modest goals and objectives, it doesn't have to take you to the top of your game, Absolutely. but it can take you to the thing you're visualizing. But there is this element of practicing and I, that's, Absolutely. that's what I want to make sure people hear. It's a little bit of a good, nice setup for us getting specific about how visualization is going to work. And it also teases up to tease us up to this guy, this master meditator who I just wanted to mention as yeah. a wonderful example of Matthew Ricard. He was a molecular biologist. He became a Buddhist monk. You've probably seen him. Y'all look him up if you haven't. (laughs) He's done, um, you know, some really well-known Ted talks on the subject of happiness. You probably saw him in the 2010s a lot. Happiness was a big topic, right? But he, he does it on the subject of meditation and happiness. People have wired him up, um, with like hundreds of different sensors to see, is his brain just different than other people's? Mm -hmm. Well, turns out it is because he actually practices meditation a lot. And he's got this like slightly enlarged prefrontal cortex from his mind training. One of the things he, I believe this is him. I'm almost positive. He can, in his meditative state, get his uh, resting heart rate down really, really low. So amazing. And calm his body. So he is like an athlete. Yeah, yeah. He, he is like an athlete of the mind. And he says in at least one of his Ted talks that, you know, this, ha- this idea of happiness, it's not fleeting or illusory, like so many things in the outer world. So that might be a surprise right there for you to hear. But, um, but he does add that it's something we must train. Mm-hmm. And he actually, I I really remember this as a huge takeaway. He advises us to train your mind like you would train to run a marathon. And so there's this wonderful quote. I'm going to quote directly from him. He says, mind training matters. It is not a luxury. It is not a supplementary vitamin for the soul. This is something that is going to determine the quality of every instance 
for life. We are ready to spend 50 years in education. We spend a great deal of time doing fitness, jogging, trying to remain beautiful, yet we spend surprisingly little time taking care of what matters most, the way our minds function, which is the ultimate things that determine the quality of our experience. I love that. And I cannot agree more. I know. Maybe we should have teed off the whole episode with that quote. Yeah. I feel like it goes back to this idea that most of us, many of us, me included, we're just lazy. We don't, we just kind (laughs) of I don't usually hear you talking like that. It sounds like like it's laced with a little judgment. Well, it goes, it goes back to our Enneagram training. You know, it's like, we're all, uh, Gurdjieff says we're all kind of living in like this robotic automaton state. Yeah. Like wake up. Like we're not even- in Re- mind. We don't realize that we can change the way our brain is functioning mm. if we just give it a little bit of strength training, a little yeah. bit of time, um, and not much, 15 minutes a day. So it's not even like you're going to the gym for a big workout. It's right. Just, or ways. maybe we do, and we would see the results. Yeah. Like yeah. my, you know, my brother, shout out, John, he is about to do a big 31 mile trail race. And you, you've got to like, you leading up to it, you run like some 25 miles, three weeks in advance, you taper off, you do like training is, um, a very different way of thinking about this kind of mental discipline. So with that said, let's get a little specific or very specific, not just a little about visualization, how it can work. So you can begin doing it today to literally begin changing your life, changing your life. I know I mean, Hey, modest goals here on the big self podcast, but we're backing it up with some critical thinking and some scientifically validated evidence to help support our case. Yeah. So I think let's, let's just say quickly, like what are those three, the things that visualization does? Let's do that. Um, the first thing it does is it activates the creative powers of your subconscious mind. And this is this is the stuff that we will not get into, uh, and I am not a neuroscientist, nor is Chad, but we will say that the the thing that you're in charge of is the visualizing. What is it that you want? Yeah. Where are you and where you want to be? And getting, you know, kind of clear on that and beginning that process. Um, and the brain is such a beautifully designed <sighs> organ that it really does begin to take care of the rest of it. And so part of what's happening in the brain uh, as your optic lobe, you know, the part of your brain that has the visualizing aspect to it, it will start connecting all these lobes in your brain and neurochemicals start firing. Um, And one of the, the coolest things is that you, it really does begin to connect what your subconscious mind is uh, working on with your conscious mind. Yes. And it filters the right information so that what you're not even aware of, what is so deeply embedded, your brain can bring into your consciousness. And so you have to really... Um, begin to get intentional about how you do want to reprogram your brain. Because often what's happening in our life, what shows up is the data in our life is really what our subconscious has been working on. Okay. And and so, you know, so to go back to my example, 
of the intention to have to make a larger impact and make more money in my career. You know, I, I got uh, clear that that was something bubbling in my subconscious for probably a very long time that I just didn't hear, didn't listen to, couldn't admit, Uh you know, whatever. Felt blocked. Felt like a caged bird, you said. Yeah. And then I think when I started to really identify that and pull that, you know, through this visualizing into my consciousness, my brain, my mind starts to go to work on, Yes. okay, how do we make this happen? Yeah. And it's like, you know, how you like have these like great thoughts when you go into the shower sometimes yeah. because your brain just relaxes and all that subconscious work just kind of like and Those are your, your gamma brainwaves yeah. that because when, when you're alpha brainwaves, I think I'm right in saying they're alpha. Uh, someone can double check me on that. But when they start to, um, with your, your parasympathetic nervous system Ooh. starts to, you know, re- rest, relax, rest and digest like that, then you're, your brain starts to come down yes. from all of that, like really highly activated, uh, reactive kind of conscious mind, and your your subconscious does start to it's it, it's almost like the veil is is lowered a little bit, and so all yeah. that subconscious stuff comes up in the shower. So and you have your best ideas. Wow, yeah. that was. Very I eloquent. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, so number one, just visualization, it does activate the creative powers of your subconscious mind. Number two, visualization, it focuses your brain by, and uh, you're going to love this expression. This is, if you didn't learn anything else today, here it is. Visualization focuses your brain by programming its reticular activating system. That's right. The RAS, reticular activating system to notice of any available resources that were always there, but maybe they were previously unnoticed. So you, you know, like, okay, here's some examples. Like the way, say you're shopping for a car and suddenly you see the car everywhere. Or for me, like I remember even like er, very young, I would say I would like learn a new word in school. And, and when I was reading, I would just see the word everywhere as if the word had never existed before. Like it is weird. It's, <laughs> it's like a, a weird phenomenon. The, the reticular activating system is like a pixel. It's a, it's, it's when you go somewhere, you go to a website and that thing follows you into internet in perpetuity. <laughs> All, I, I've that been, is a great I've, example. I've been looking for like, uh, anxiety treats for our dog. And, <laughs> and I, now it follows you everywhere you go online. that's all I see oh are my. calming treats for my dog just because of yep. the pixel. But it's that's, like cookies. Yeah. It's like those cookies uh, yeah. of the computer in your, in your brain. So that's actually also number three, which is the last of what visualization does. It magnetizes and it attracts you to the people the resources and or the opportunities that you need to achieve your objective or your goal. Yeah. And this goes back to the RAS because Uh I I just want to say real quickly what that is. The reticular activating system is a bundle of nerves, nerves that sit between your spinal cord and your brain, um, the base of your brain. Okay. And it serves basically just, it's a gatekeeper for what you're going to pay attention to. Because we have millions of bits of information coming at us all the time, every day, we can't possibly pay attention to all that. So what the RAS does is it begins to mediate between your subconscious, 
all that information, all that data, and it's perceptual. It's usually um, sensory-based, and so things that we're seeing and smelling, well, not necessarily smelling, but that goes through a different brain lobe. Okay, Um, the olfactory. Feeling, like things that that were sensory, sensorily, I think that's right, picking up on, it's coming through your reticular activating system. And that's when, because it's the gatekeeper for that information, then our conscious mind starts mm-hmm. paying attention to certain things. Yes. And so we begin to, when we visualize, um, I would like to um, have a career change or I, want, I envision myself doing this or going to Hawaii or you know whatever it is that you're... you're you're working on yeah. to make into reality in your life, your reticular activating system will let that information through. So you'll start seeing okay. resources, people, information, opportunities that you weren't previously seeing. And so it's not magic. It's not woo-woo. Right. It's the law of just how our brain works in mediating information. This is great. Yes. And it's amazing too, that we even know this about the brain to be able to say this now. I I mean, this is fairly new. This is fairly new information to be able to study the brain, to know that these parts of the brain are doing these things is fascinating. And you just did help us uh, understand a little bit more about the neuroscience of how it's happening. Oh, you really need to say something else. Okay. Guys, I think this is so, fascinating when you really do start to understand um, how the brain works there's there there's another lobe that is really about um, kind of perception of self so it's you know a lot around like consciousness of self who am I who am I in relation to the world Um, I'm not (laughs) a horse I'm a human and so we have this kind of sense of who we are and so as you start working, doing this mental training, yes, your identity starts to shift. And so not only does the visioning help kind of pay attention to certain things, okay, but who you are, your values, your thoughts, your feelings, all of that, because all these neurons are talking now, all of that <laughs> starts to shift too. Wow. I mean, that's that's where like coaching comes in perhaps. Exactly. It's a process. Yeah, it is. And it, it's, it's okay. a visualization process, but it's not just like, I want this. Let me like sit here and magically think about this. It's no, I, I want this and I'm going to start moving, kind of energizing my life in that direction. And then, oh yeah, like who I am, what I expect, what I think, what wow. I feel, that starts to all shift to and make make room like you become the person okay that you yes. have this I love in it their life. it's great stuff wind her up okay. and let her go she really <laughs> digs this stuff and you know it is great I'm I gonna do. add it's I'm gonna true. I'm gonna add one thing to it besides everything that Shelly just said about lobes and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the brain's doing another thing that I think is very practical about like this is cool to think about when your brain like actually truly visualizes like the thing you're wanting to happen in your brain. It's, it makes no difference between whether something already happened as opposed to you like envisioning it happening. Do you follow me? Like, so that is amazing. Your brain sees no difference there. Right. 
It, so that's where this is powerful. Your brain, and that's how it's, it helped me be calm because my brain was actually going, oh yeah, we're calm when we begin a show now. And it it just started to work. I mean, to me, that's where the mic just drops. Yeah. So here is where we're going to now with you, our listener, we're going to have a, we're a little process right now where you can begin doing this right now. So let's a little self-challenge. Shelly says sometimes people just have a hard time knowing what they would pick. Well, right now, as you're listening to this podcast, whatever you're doing, maybe you're driving, maybe you're prepping dinner, maybe you're working out, whatever it is that you are doing, try to think while you hear the, the sirens going off in downtown Chattanooga, this is it. This is a signal for you right now. The sirens are going off. Ah, isn't that lovely? There's your sign. Pick an area of life you feel like you're stuck in and would like to move ahead in. So maybe it's a place, as we said at the beginning, where you feel like you're not allowing yourself to dream or pick the area. Is it work? Is it play? Is it around family? Is it around finances, relationships? Just start with one thing. And don't overthink this. Don't overthink it. You know what it is. Just claim it and stick your stake in the ground with it. I like it. Yes. Yes. So um, my advice would be, this is how you would actually practice visualization. Okay. We've talked a lot about the, the evidence, the science, the way that it can be effective. Here's how you can do it. Formalize the activity by writing down your one specific goal or objective. And then this is where the mind discipline comes in. Each day in the morning when you rise and each day in the evening when you're about to go to bed, review it, affirm it, make sure that it is what you want to be continuing to stay focused on and visualize it. Okay. And so when you are, these, I think are the most two helpful things to keep in mind when you're committing to this practice. One is visualizing the experience or the goal in as much detail as possible. So we say visualize our strongest senses as humans is our vision. So visualizing does a lot. Um, but I also would say you could add other sensory parts to it. Like what, what are the sounds? Yeah. The more you can, the more you can really see it, feel it. And that's what I was going to add. Think about the emotions that are attached to the sensations. So I'm going to jump in if I can, because that is essential. Okay. This is not a cognitive exercise. This is not just a thought exercise. Hmm. This is you have to, whatever you need to do to step in and inhabit the emotion, the feeling tone, the kind of all encompassing senses around it do that. That Um, is the power right there. So I have my life plan, which we've talked about. I have put images in the life plan. Okay. Um, You know, even videos, like really starting to, um, as you know, going to Hawaii is one of my goals. Um, And really thinking about uh, that whole experience and what it would Uh feel like. And, you know, and then, you know, in this process, 
one of the things that I've now, my reticular activating system has brought to my attention is different credit cards that I can use <laughs> to uh, get points to go to Hawaii. And so this is- Maybe you can just visualize it and then it'll, it'll be like it's already happened. Well, in my and mind, been- <laughs> it is. No, we're going. Uh, number, so n- the second thing would be to, and this is, you know, again, almost a reminder, but just act as if the visualization that you're, has already happened. So visualizing as much detail as possible, also associating the emotions that are attached to these sensations you're envisioning. And then the other super important part is to act as if your visualization has already happened. Now, one last like maybe Q&A type of thing about it is some people wonder like, well, how long am I supposed to do this? Like, is what? And I would say like, keep it reasonable so that you can actually do it. It's shown that as little as 10 to 15 minutes each time that you settle down, just 10 minutes can produce these results and be manageable at the same time. It's all about like, I mean, you can choose your own adventure with these things, right? You can choose to run a couple of miles a day and you'll get kind of fit, or you can choose to uh, prepare for a marathon and they'll, they'll, it'll still produce results. But we're just saying maybe 10 15 minutes, even once a day would be better than nothing. But if you did it twice, who I bet you would see some serious results and we would love to see them. Yeah. And it can be, you know, I'm kind of kidding about the Hawaii thing, although not really. That's, that's that's the thing for me. Uh, But this can be small stuff too. I think, you know, visualizing and doing the work that we're, we're suggesting around, you know, how do I want to be there for my kids? Like energetically kind of what kind of parent do I want to be? Maybe I'm feeling a little stuck in my career and I feel like a shift is in order, whether it's I need to really think about a promotion or maybe leaving my industry altogether. Um, or yeah, like just, maybe I need just, to play a little just bit more playing or having a calm way energetically that you move through the world and through your days. Like it doesn't have to be this big thing. I think just starting, um, with the, the clarity Maybe around small things. what you'd like yeah. and then just beginning just to practice, experiment with it a little bit. Um, That's and right. See, I'd say experiment with it for a week with what we're suggesting. And I, I put money down that you will begin to experience some micro shifts in how, how things kind of line up for you. Uh, in that week. And I'd I really like the be idea. curious. I like the idea. Start with some small things and then test it out on big things as well. Or if it's a big thing, allow for a series of smaller steps to happen to make the big thing a reality. Mm-hmm. So this has been a fantastic episode, I feel like. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say that this is um, this is science. This is not magical thinking that when we really start to invest in the mental training, when we decide that we're just no longer happy, defaulting into the same beliefs and the same reality of our life, when you're ready to shift and pivot, uh, this what we're talking about today with visualizing yeah. will be some of the most profound work that you can that you can begin to do and really start to see shifts in your life. And so 
I hope that you hear that, that there's, um, this is just the way the brain works. So you might as well take control of your brain. I love that. That's a great thought. And this knowing and understanding more about how it works through the science has helped persuade me to want to practice it in the first place and to get out of some of the sort of twisted iterations that the magical thinking ideas could lead to but at the same time or you know and at the same time i would say like the world is a mysterious magical beautiful place and it almost does seem magical to manifest a new reality through the power of our thinking. Mm -hmm. So with all of that, with all of that in mind, may you envision and visualize a better today, today and a better week moving ahead. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the big self podcast. Bye. And a final word from us today, just to let everyone know that we do have several things going on at BigSelfSchool.com, but one of the ones that we really want to let people know about right now is about our burnout coaching package. You know, our clients do come to us with varying degrees of burnout and dissatisfaction, For some, it may just be a little thorny, a little irritating. They are under some stress. For others, though, it is code red, and they literally cannot continue to function the way they are, and yet people are depending on them, and they just know that they need a change, and they need it now. Whatever level of stress you may be experiencing that is impacting your work and relationships, the burnout coaching package is for those ready to address the patterns in their life that are keeping them covered up in stress or that just keep pressing the button and reliving it again and again. It's for those who may dream of a little bit more fulfillment and calm and are ready now to do the work to make that dream come true. We combine the depth of Enneagram wisdom with sound psychological principles, and it does work. It helps people grow. With coaching, you have structured and sacred time to do the inner work necessary to make a bigger impact. It's a six-month transformation that will help you discover your thoughts, your emotions, and those behaviors that drive your relationship to your work. So embark on a growth path that can create a life that you want while still honoring the constraints and commitments you already have. So check us out at BigSelfSchool.com right now and schedule a discovery call, and we can't wait to hear from you.